Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 22. We've got Blind Feline with us tonight. We've got Oliver and Matt. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Glad you guys could be here with us. Neil, how you doing, man? Good, buddy. Are you going to introduce our bourbon for us? Yeah, we got uh, David Nichol- Nicholson, Nicholson, 1843, and it is really good. We, we couldn't wait to pop it open. We got a little bit ahead of ourselves tonight, but it's phenomenal. It really is. 1843 is a good year. What do you guys think of it? Have you tried it yet? It's Great. good. Yeah. It really so. is good. You know the best thing? It's a $20 bottle. Oh, wow. On our first sip, you said, just reminds me of Weller 12-year. And then we looked into it, and it was actually Weller and Pappy Van Winkle went into business with uh, David Nicholson. Is that it, Nicholson? Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he was a grocer, right? He, he was a grocer that that uh, distilled that in the back of his grocery store and uh, in St. Louis. But then I guess Pappy Van Winkle and uh, Weller found out about it, ended up buying or going into business and taking the company until 2000 and ended up selling the company. Stole all his recipes mm. and got rich in bourbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made that last part up. I don't think that really happened. It's it's really good. It has that similar taste. Yeah, so again, thanks for being in, in here with us tonight, Matt and Oliver. We Thank you for having start us. out. You guys can just... Uh, we got a cheers, man. Oh, yes. Cheers. It's a social cheers, distance gentlemen. cheer over there. We are still <laughs> clink, clink. physically distancing in oh, the yeah. uh, studio. Sorry. You need to learn, Neil. We don't say social distance. Physically distance. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like We're, that. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> physically distancing. Yeah. We're trying to make that catch on. I said I was going to start saying that a couple podcasts to go to. It's uh, just forget. <laughs> that might have been the last uh, last time I said the word though, so you got to give me a little. All right, that's the last time. <laughs> Podcast is a perfect thing for a social or for the distancing time and whatnot. I know this is a new thing for you guys, but yeah, how's it been so far? People it's, been tuning in, and it's been a lot of fun. Yes, and it's been exciting, and it's, it's been fun to watch it grow. Watch the listeners grow, and you know, we let, last time we looked at the an- analytics, we have listeners like in thirty states and ten countries. You know, it's crazy. It's awesome. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's fun, but I think people just want they they want to support independent musicians, and they like to hear people's stories. And last night we uh, interviewed Jenny from uh, a band in North Carolina, so we are North and South Carolina, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, Diamonds and Whiskey, which is a country group out of and it. You know, an hour-long conversation from somebody we'd never talked to before, and it was awesome, all about music, and have uh, somebody from Nashville, I guess, next week. So it's starting to expand that way, too. Most of that's probably been because of all this, you know, having to social distance and everybody putting the brakes oh, yeah. on live music and all the things that... That forced us into remote podcasting. Yeah, big time. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like a, a double question, really. It's like... There was the first part of the podcast where it was everybody was in. There was no thoughts about, you know, you hugged, shook hands, didn't have to worry about anything. And now it's we've done some remote stuff, which is different. It's different when you can't see somebody face to face and and get that eye contact. So mm-hmm. um, it's been two phases too. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it has been awesome. But enough about us. Okay. Yeah, we usually kick the podcast off. Uh, we'll start with you, Oliver. Well, just kind of take us back and tell us how you got into music, where that all started. Sure. I've been playing for around 12 years now, I believe, and I'm 23 years old. So when I was around 11, 
that was when it all started and just from learning the first few chords of a guitar that a friend of mine had brought over to my house that was when I, I started to fall in love with it but it was big big time influences from a lot of people I was hearing mm. that just got me excited enough to keep wanting to learn learn music in general learn as many instruments as I could play and guitar somehow just stuck uh, more so so who, who was teaching you during that time I didn't really have a teacher but uh, for the guitar uh, for a while but I started playing the saxophone in band that was the first instrument <laughs> all I right how old were you 11 uh, when 11. you started playing the sax yeah yeah okay. I was around 11 yeah that was middle school uh, middle school band I remember the middle school band played a song by Ozzy Osbourne okay so super weird thing uh my sister who was a big musical influence to me as well uh who showed me ozzy osbourne and liked him a lot crazy train it wasn't crazy Train. it was uh i don't want to stop actually oh okay i don't know if you know that it's it's a less known one i was gonna say it's even better because uh, it's not something that it's uh it makes right. it even cooler it's got a little bit of a niche yeah somehow awesome. she the band director which i ended up meeting and hitting it off with and she, her teaching me one-on-one as well as in band for years since then she just happened to like pick that song which is the song that my sister just showed me so when they played that i got real pumped up about that and went in and saw her and asked her uh, what i should play i didn't even know what instrument i should play she looked at me and said you're a trumpet player i just went to the store to get a trumpet and i saw sax so i like that i like the way it looks you know <laughs> you I still like play saxophone yeah i do from time to time i'm i'm getting back into it now awesome um, okay just rented one uh not too long ago but that was a, one huge influence is my teacher her name's linda smitty um if you hear this miss linda you're awesome <laughs> biggest influence ever she was super tough on everybody no filter did not care how you felt about not practicing now did you grow up in kentucky is this in louisville this is in, t- in east tennessee actually i oh, grew okay. up in east tennessee and i've been here for about f- five years now okay so that's a big time influence. I could I could name other people, but that's a that's basically how it started. So uh, before that, it sounds like your sister even before that was she playing records and stuff, and you just gravitated towards that. Mm-hmm. And then once you heard something and saw kids playing at your age, is that when it snapped? Like, hold up, I can do that. Is that kind of the transition between that, or was there any any real music influence before that? Just as far as listening and, and gravitating to it. No, the gravitational thing has always been there, I think, mm-hmm. now that I think about it, ever since I was even just a kid, just gravitating towards the music. But yes, my sister, it would be cool to say that she had records on, but it was an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just the generation that yes. I am, you know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I was listening to all the stuff on the iPod. You say it, you're yeah. old, Neil. I well, I didn't play records either, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> that'd be a cool way to say it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said CDs. <laughs> Vinyl's making a comeback. It is. That's, That's why I just true, say yeah. records now because it it's it's the best. <laughs> so yeah. is guitar your love? Oh yeah, guitar. Guitar is my love. Songwriting is my love. Um, you know, singing has become my love as well everything everything musically i love guitar and i love songs that's the main thing to me that's why i see myself as a songwriter and, and a guitar player mostly. so what happened after high school band where did, where did you go from there did you do high well, school band or just middle school i actually did uh 
Oh, so that was middle school. That was middle school. That was middle school. I actually did. Um, I, I was playing for the high school bands while I was in middle school. I don't think that's too uncommon. I was doing that for both of our rival schools because <laughs> I don't care about the robbery. I I don't care about the basketball game and all that stuff. I I cared about music, so mm-hmm. I was like more experience. I did that up until the end of eighth grade, and then funny enough, that teacher, Miss Smitty, got fired from the school system um, because politics. I'll just say that. After that, I, I didn't play in band anymore, but I still had friends through school, like in, in the meantime of all that, that was like showing me guitar in, in the meantime, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was still 11 through 14 or whatever, and so on. So I was playing with them, and uh, it was a little group we called Jive Turkey out of, out of <laughs> East Tennessee, it. out of Cumberland Gap, Tennessee. And um, the three of us, best friends for life, I mean, grew up together since the very beginning, uh, would jam out and play improvisational music to where there was no teachers, no rules, and if there were, we'd break them. <laughs> You know, so that was a whole nother like world coming into the learning music, learning sheet music world uh, simultaneously. What style or what genre would you say you guys played? Jive Turkey music. I would I would I would describe it as mountain jazz. Mountain Love jazz. it, <laughs> mountain jazz. That'd be the best way to say it. I can hear it. Well, man, how about you, man? How did uh, where did where did music come into your life? Well, I have a big family. My mom's the youngest of nine, and so I have like thirty cousins, oh, I guess. Wow. So, <laughs> so I was um, exposed to a bunch of different kinds of music. I'd, some of the older cousins they listen, grew up in the '90s, so kind of that heavy rock, grunge music that was an influence of my younger years. And Nirvana, uh, Soundgarden's Pearl Jam's that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, right. And then I have a cousin who's a little closer to me in age and uh she'd show me like i guess more pop music and i have that and then my dad's from western kentucky so i've had influence on the country i didn't start getting into that till i was older i didn't like it when i was younger <laughs> country uh, yeah is it more bluegrassy uh, or country like uh more i guess more older like Jerry Lee Lewis, okay. like Waylon Jennings, okay. I guess like that seventy country. country, 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 country music. Um, so I, I have a little, little bit from everybody in my family, and my neighbor started playing guitar. So they're like, "We need to do a band, but we need a drummer." <laughs> so I was the drummer. And that's how I started drums. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, my, made, who had the kit? Uh, I I did. Well, my neighbor, another neighbor of mine, had a kit. And it was just like one of those ones you get at Toys R Us or something. <laughs> um, but they're, Sound percussion set. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. They're selling it uh, at a yard sale. And my my friend that played guitar bought it. I'm like, dude, I, I was going to get that. And he's like, oh, you can have it. And he just gave it to me. So, But yeah, I started playing then. Um, took lessons um, over at Mom's okay. downtown for a couple years. And then... Drum lessons? Drum lessons, yeah. Who'd you take lessons from? was uh, Jen Yates. <laughs> Shout out to Jen. Okay. Jen Yates was on the podcast yeah. a couple yeah. Oh, yeah. She was here a few yeah. weeks back. Yeah, yeah. no way. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. She wasn't here. She, actually, she was one of our first remotes, wasn't she? The first remote, the I first. Yeah, yeah, she's phenomenal, yeah. man. She's, she's phenomenal. great. 
she's really great. Right, I haven't well, seen you her in good hands yeah. early then. Huh? Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, awesome. Got me going early, so so you just uh, can kind of go with the flow and and have a little bit of love for all music. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Are you still a drummer? Mm-hmm. I picked up a uh, guitar, I guess, in high school, but I'm still working with that, and then uh, starting to get into piano more and more now. It's fun to just, I guess, mess around on Do those a things. Dabble. But, yeah. <laughs> Dip your toes in the, every pond, you Heck know. Yeah, yeah. That's what music's all about. Yeah. Man, Everybody loves to play drums. Oh, that's all I play when I come here. <laughs> I, I'm like, dude, I'm not playing guitar. I'm not. I just want to play the drums. Can I play the drums? There's a saying that goes like, when when the lead singer starts uh, playing the drums, that's when it's time to leave. <laughs> that's at the end of practice, like every time. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah that, I, is that the saying in your band, or is <laughs> no? I think no, that's in life. It's accurate though with our band it's as well. Yeah. 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 I, I usually try to get there just a little bit early to play the drums so no, nobody leaves. Uh, and then at the end, I jump back on them. And like you said, man, that is definitely when practice is over. But he, he usually has a, uh, a gathering once or once a year or so and there's music involved, and I swear. I, I, it's I almost sure. a part of a, a negotiation. It's like, I'm coming down, but I'm not bringing an instrument. I'm playing your drums. We have a lot of percussion instruments. <laughs> yeah. So and a lot of percussionists. <laughs> Make sure everyone has a tambourine and a cowbell at yeah, least. Yeah. Yeah. We hit the cowbell, man. When did you guys get started playing together? It's been about two years, right? Going on three, maybe. Going on three. Yeah. Yeah. 2017-ish. Did that start with Blind Feline? No. Actually... We were both in the music school. Matt just graduated. Congratulations. Um, yeah. I switched to something else. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Good decision for me. Um, but while we were both in, uh, I think we were in jazz at the time, or maybe I was not was about to be in jazz, and we were in an ensemble together or something, uh, or maybe I had an ensemble I needed a drummer for. So I just remember Matt, came over to my house with this uh bass player that played in our band for a while uh a while back we just started jamming uh and playing the jazz tunes and stuff like that and then i got a call it was like too perfect of a coincidence like i got a call from our drummer who had been ditching our shows to like go deliver pizzas he's like he'd rather like you know work work yeah make money (laughs) than play and I was like, well, I, there's another drummer in here. I already knew who's going to leave the band. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said that. But I was like, you care if I asked this drummer to play our show, to fill in for our show? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. So I said, Matt, you want to play a show? And he's like, yeah, sure. I showed him a song. I think it was One for the Road. It was like the first song I showed you. I don't know if you remember that, Matt. But I played One for the Road. And you're like, yeah, I like that. So we just started playing from there. <laughs> it made it easy. So yeah, were think, you guys at, at U of L? At U of L, yeah. So uh, how does the jazz education influence your music now? I think it taught me a lot in terms of the theory behind music, and it opened my ear up a bunch to like I always like listening to music. But when it came to sitting down and playing it, I was like, oh, I just gotta either need to look at something or I, like I can't listen to it and figure it out. But I think going to that program. Help me out opening my ears a little bit, you know. So the name, where's the name come from? Blind Feline. 
It's a long story. We have to have. <laughs> That's what this is for, I suppose. Um, but Blind Feline was kind of a, a story. It was a story about a legend from my hometown. The legend of Buck, the king of the mountain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish it, like the name could have something like Buck, the king of, or something like this, or just the whole story, but I feel like it all combined is just Blind Feline. And what the story is, is that he was a he was a bootlegger, um, and he was running his whiskey one time. They had a traffic stop, and all these cops were blocking the road coming down this deep holler. And he jumped out of his car, his truck, and just let it go bam into the barricade. And he went running out into the woods, up the mountain, screaming, "I'm the king of the mountain!" Screaming, <laughs> "I'm Buck! I'm the king of the mountain!" <laughs> and uh, so, like, my teacher told us this story because one girl in our class was Buck, the king of the mountains' niece, and he would always like, "How's Buck going? How's Buck doing?" She's like, "He's good." And then, like one day, he just one day he just told the story and. I wrote a lot of songs from that class because that teacher was one of those guys who's just off the wall and he said so many crazy things <laughs> that I was sitting there writing, jotting everything down and making tons of songs out of it. So that's how that name... Oh, but what happened is that Buck, when he ran off into the mountain, he lived in the woods for like the rest of his life, like off, off radar. And he had animals uh, that he raised on his like own personal farm and stuff up there. And one day, the legend has it that he stole a baby wildcat out of a tree, like out of its nest, uh, with a busted eye, and raised it. Tamed, okay. like had a had a personal tamed wildcat <laughs> with a with a blind eye. Good. Blind Buck, feline. Buck and the blind feline. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a story. It's one of the many stories that. I write about a lot in our songs. There's tons of stories about just random stuff happening back home and wherever wherever people are telling the There's stories. There's at least out. two or three of like just people from your yeah uh, from where you grew up. Do they know these songs are about them? Uh, well, the first one that comes to mind is Roger Gones, and he's dead. Rest in peace. He was a kid that like died in uh, early high school. Just a, a wild cat, just a wild dude. Just nuts. Yeah, he was nuts. He was misunderstood. He was really smart. You know, he was a really good coon hunter, uh, really tough, uh, but got into fights a lot, drank a lot, did a lot of things he wasn't supposed to do. Everybody looked down upon him for the stuff that he didn't do right, didn't see his potential. He ended up killing himself, supposedly. Mm. But his family members know about it. Some of them have said stuff like on Facebook about the song and stuff like that. <laughs> What's the name of the song? Roger Goins. Roger okay. Goins. Yeah, there's no hiding it. There's no hiding it. Yeah, so... It's a favorite for, for us, I think. We have a lot of fun playing it because it's actually a really upbeat, fun song. You wouldn't really think it was like, you know, about a sad topic, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Did you, are you guys both original members of Blind Feline? I'm not. He's the, the last living legend. You're the only member of Blind Feline, huh? <laughs> I guess. I mean, if you call that Blind Feline, I mean, I think of Blind Feline as like what we are now mm -hmm. uh, because it's a totally different animal than what it was before. Uh, it was just in its pre-years. It's been years. three or four, I mean, different 
group since I've joined. But that's really? that, that, yeah. that's people kind of, rotate in and out. That's yeah. kind of the staple though when you're in a music major and you have a bunch of guys that you can play with, people that you can play with. I mean it it seems to be that that's the way it generally works out until all yeah. the pieces of the puzzle fit and you mm-hmm. have what is now your band. It just any any band any group that I've known that's been in a in a music uh, went to college for music and has played with other people that's what always what happens it's just a rotation until it mm-hmm. eventually settles into this cool thing like you guys are now so I think it worked yeah, out yeah it's almost like having like a bunch of session musicians around. Mm-hmm all the time you know because like we we could easily be session musicians yeah where we'll just sit on some somebody's in somebody's group and play whatever vibe that they're trying to get like try to join a part of that you know insert our own spin on whatever the vibe is that ability is great but that also like has a other side to it to where it's like you can get real stretched out with like playing with a lot of people but then there's like certain bands that work out better. You just feel like a different vibe mm-hmm. that sets in and, and becomes like an entity, mm-hmm. you know? And like, this has become an entity with, you know, me, Matt and Kurt, who couldn't be here today. Poor guy. He's in Florida. Uh, what? Florida. <laughs> enjoying, <laughs> enjoying, enjoying the beach and his vacation. Is that your bass player? Yeah. He's Sorry, the bass, bass player. player. Okay. Yeah. He wouldn't have been allowed in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the beach. 14 day quarantine. Yeah. yeah. No quarantine. <laughs> he got there right before they shut it down. So Neil and I sat here last night. Uh, we recorded a podcast last night, and afterwards we sat and had a bourbon and watched blind feline videos. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went so, down a rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. So we had a lot of fun, man, and uh, enjoyed your stuff. And we saw one. Uh, we saw you have a saxophone player with you a lot. We yeah. did, yeah, kind of. We did kind of or, the same yeah. deal, rotating door. Yeah. So he moved to um, St. Louis. He went to U of L as well. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a what like a year or two older than myself, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm just ready for a new uh, change of scenery." And so he, he moved there, but uh, he came back to uh, what? What did he do? I forgot what event it was, but he's oh, come uh, back here and there for for uh, shows. Shows, uh, yeah. okay. So it's kind of hit and miss. Yeah, it was a fun idea. We had. Uh, a trombone player as well for like three weeks we're like, yeah we got horns now but those are those are kind of like pieces that we can like kind of add on to our nucleus yeah. you yeah. know oh yeah and it's always good to have relationships with those people so anytime you want to hey man we got mm-hmm. something we really need you to maybe yeah. they'll show up right yeah <laughs> if, if the the thing about him too that was that was good is because like we played with each other so much during the time of us recording this record that's about to come out um july 11th yes sir um (laughs) that he wrote a lot of his own parts for the the songs a lot of the melodies which is awesome you know because like he's a good enough player to where he could look at me and be like oh do you have parts for me you know and maybe either be like no i don't want to write out stuff or me write out everything that he has to play and have him play it um, but he can he'll just sit down and write his own part you know he'll hear a part and play it and it's it's made some good stuff like it's really tied certain songs together uh on this record some of the stuff that he did being considering you started as a saxophone player kind of go ooh, i like what he did i wouldn't have done that that was something completely different definitely yeah i mean he thinks different than me you mm-hmm. know what i mean like he has a different way of of adding his touch to it 
and it's very I, th- I think it's kind of structured like if if I would say so myself like I, I would be more loose about that because but he's more of like a standard jazz influence guy uh, like Dexter Gordon and stuff whereas I'm more of a like funk influence mm-hmm. like when it comes to sax okay. that's kind of like what I go to because I'm limited with it mm-hmm yeah, if you if you listen for some of the stuff that he uh, that he does on there, he wrote most of those lines for the songs. Are the horns That's on great. the new EP? Yeah. Yep. Trombone and sax, or just just saxophone? Uh, just, sax. just saxophone. He had a it's an electronic saxophone, huh? but it's a it's ewe an electronic wind instrument uh, mm-hmm. is what it's called. So he th- he threw that on there. It's pretty cool did it yeah. did it sound good that's a new t- that was a yeah. good touch too really yeah, I forgot yeah. To mention. yeah i mean like it's like different sounds like a harmonica uh <laughs> really i don't know if you heard wildwood flowers it's one of the singles from cicadas where it sounds like a it sounds like a distorted harmonica what it is is like john's sa- uh john's ewe so does it look yeah. like a saxophone mouthpiece or yeah kind of yeah it's, it's just all plastic okay that's what it is yeah <laughs> really? yeah it looks like a like some like kind a, of Star Wars thing for real. <laughs> Lightsaber meets the Terminator. Yeah. I remember Matt was making all these UFO noises with it one time when we were like camping at Red River Gorge. We were all out there and he had his Ewe. <laughs> I was sitting there doing UFO stuff. So that was like a nice touch to it too because we wanted to try something a little different, you know. So how many songs on the EP? Six. Really? Six five. or five? Really five. Are we doing the? Are we doing the one? Is it gonna be tucked in somewhere? Is it oh, be oh, oh in this, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I was thinking of something else. Oh, yeah. just Uh-oh. just a spoil alert about the cicadas. Uh, there's one of the songs is just the sound of cicadas, <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually recorded not too far from here down at E Town. Okay, right, okay, Glendale, Glendale uh-huh. Campground just the sound of cicadas and I, I just i was like this is so loud that i want this on the record if i can get it and uh record it and it was like so good quality on my phone yeah. that our producer dave tail at Deadbird was like where'd this come from and i was like this is real and i was like damn <laughs> and he put it on there how just a phone recording how long's that cut <laughs> six seconds there you go perfect <laughs> amount of time for cicadas. yeah that's awesome Put it on loop, make it a track, about a 15-minute song, man. You know what would be cool? Layer that behind something and play over top of it. Just have mm. that in the background the yeah. whole time. That uh, unless, it's, cool. unless it's super-duper loud and would be too much. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure with some good production, like that would be, that'd be perfect. That'd be pretty I mean, pretty Dave cool. can do anything with that. Like, he made, it, he made it to where we asked if we could make, like, the cicadas go into the next song a little bit uh-huh. while with flowers and he like did like a one version that's like a crossfade into the next song and it was like the single version if you listen to the single version you can hear it on the beginning uh, but then the album version it's like that's, the, so that's in the video i think we watched yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i remember hearing that so you guys heard yeah. the cicadas then yeah it's no yeah, more okay. than that that's that's that's, no, that's the extent that's you want yeah. too much <laughs> cicadas can. are not like cowbell <laughs> you can't just throw them in anyway. So that's the sixth song. That's the no. That's yeah. Or is that the seventh? Yeah, the sixth. How many do we consider the sixth? Six. Let's decide it's how many the songs. The we first know. of six. That's okay. the first of six. Yeah. Okay. Leads in with that. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys write as a group? How does how do these songs develop? 
I mostly just will write songs and then, or we'll write them together sometimes. Um, but then once when it starts, then we start trying different things with it and layering in as a group. You know, like what certain transitions might do or you know what beat. And sometimes we just it'll be like a super fast song or super loud song and be like, oh, let's make it three times slower and turn it into like a ballad or something, you know, <laughs> really? like, just mix and match, try any different style. And usually when you end up sticking with the first one, but it's just, <laughs> it's fun to mess around with them. And we, ha- we have a couple just like jams too we'll do. And with all this stuff going on now, what is, what is the playing life been like for you? Has it been just kind of ixnay, no, no playing music anywhere, just um, practicing and writing? Yeah, and- we had a couple people over and we practiced, I guess, uh, or played in front of them. But it was essentially a practice, glorified uh, practice with glorif- friends. Yeah, friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's probably the extent we've had. Um, Saturday, we're going out to uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, playing a gig down there and then we're doing mm-hmm. a live stream with uh headliners oh uh, awesome i forgot the date on that the 17th 17th uh, okay so the one saturday's for uh i'm assuming a record release kind of deal yeah you, say, yeah. you guys have the ep you're mm-hmm. dropping on the 11th then you mm-hmm. have headliners live feed on the 17th and your top hill recording podcast will be dropping on the 17th Yep. That's right. Yeah, so we need to day. write that yeah. that day. We need to talk about that when we drop this. So you yeah. listeners that are listening to this too. on the seventeenth, make sure you uh, tune in to the live Blind Feline. Head on what is that? Facebook Live or what is that? Yeah, headliners, yeah, headliners Facebook stream. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, man. That's I awesome. appreciate that. And uh so you'll be playing also in Tennessee the night that your yeah. your music mm-hmm. gets released. That's pretty cool. I guess you're not going to call They used to call them CD release even before that record releases. Uh, what do they call them now? Just, hey, our stuff's out on Spotify. Album, album, well, album, album release. release. Yeah. So, okay. Album release shows are actually like the best shows that you can get. Absolutely. They always, you know, have a big enough crowd. Like, it's always real live. And um, it's good. I mean, the album release was going to be at Headliners before everything happened. <sighs> Um, but headliners is, is kind of struggling yeah. right now. So at this point, I don't I don't really call it an album release. I think I think of like all this stuff we're about to do in the next few weeks are all our unofficial releases. You know, the show in Clarksville's the show itself is like unrelated to us. It's mm-hmm. just we're just playing there and we have a lot of friends there mm-hmm. um, and good audience reaction there. We're just gonna party down there, you know, tailgate. And uh, and hang Outside out. It's, a show? Out, it's an outdoor show. Oh, um, that's awesome! The headliners stream. You know, it's like yeah, we just got a record out, and also like you know, make sure you support headliners and all the all the other venues that are that took a took one in the chin big time with all this. And, yeah. and headliners isn't like a venue where they have outdoor or any other thing. It's their concert <laughs> venue. Yeah. yeah. And now that you can't do concerts, so they're really. Yeah. And that's been such a staple around here, man. It's been, I can never not remember headliners being around. No. Yeah, I have 100%. That's so, an awesome cause because we got to have venues like headliners yeah. around for sure. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, live music's not over either. Hey, you know what I mean? It's it's coming back. It will come back. We just don't know when. Yeah, it'll be at the same the same capacity. Yeah. So is the name of the EP Cicadas? Yep. Okay. It better this, be. Is this the first? Uh, is this the first Blind Feline EP? Second. Second. Okay. What's the first? Lost in the Moss. We listened to Lost, Lost in the Moss. Yeah. Yeah. We watched live Lost in the Moss too at uh, uh, on Crescent Hill Radio. Oh, sorry. Right? Yeah. We watched yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. We watched a couple versions of that. Right, so we went down. I told you, man. We had some fun <laughs> that's, cool. last night. That's, that's awesome. Man. <laughs> Lost in the Moss to me, like good songs to me, good ideas, but not the best execution of them. Mm-hmm. That's us looking back, being critiquing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we were. That means you're growing and getting better. Well, I we've guess, talked uh, about we've talked about like re re recording some of those songs or all of the songs. Well, I think that's what we talked about last night is the when we heard song from cicadas how good the, the recording was because we were like oh yeah. man this sounds really really good especially compared to lost in the moss mm-hmm. just yeah. quality wise not mus- musicianship or anything like that just it's, it's you gotta hope that stops somewhere because <laughs> yeah i'm pretty new to recording and uh <laughs> yeah every time i learn something and get better at something i want to go back and remix everything yeah. that i did before yeah. so it's gotta it's Definitely. gotta stop somewhere there has to be a point yeah, yeah. you gotta roll with it yeah. that's, that's we're gonna about. do lost in the moss like 10 times <laughs> <laughs> no more songs you really could yeah. though man yeah. you really could <laughs> but you're you're right there's at some point there's gotta be gotta a stop. stop you gotta go that just, song's done it's done it's always yeah, hard to so put the stamp right. on it and say finished. Yeah, how yeah. hard is that? Uh, unless, well, it's not as hard when you're paying like six, six an hour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, it, it gives just, you a little it's amazing, it's amazing how quick that stamp comes out. It's 50, 60 bucks yeah. an hour. Yeah. But, you know, we've been experimenting recently, actually. You know, when you ask about practices and stuff, we've been practicing a lot, but every practice recently has been our own home recording. Um, so we've been working with reco- uh, home recording stuff a lot more recently. Heck yeah! And hopefully we can get rid of the you know that time, that time factor, the money factor with the time, yeah. and just do stuff from the comfort of uh, Matt's basement. Man, this was an office about seven eight months ago, so it can happen. This this started as a mm. home studio with a, a pop up tent in that corner with moving blankets on it. That's where our first nice. podcast were. So. All this happened real quick. It can so happen. This is a cool setup, man. It, it is awesome. It's very nice. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. So, started out as my son's bedroom, then an office, and now a recording studio. So, <laughs> this wall wasn't here. I mean, it's you can do all kinds of stuff for not a, not a. I didn't pay anything for it, so not any money at all, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, what's your favorite song on the Cicadas EP? Oh, it changes all the time. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah. I think probably right now hmm. i think you're going to tell us to listen to one right time, now. time and space would be it time and space okay. it's, it's the uh we have a single out of it already so we listened you to can it last listen night. to it yeah that's pretty much sax driven isn't it if i remember right or a lot of there's a lot, a lot of saxophone yeah it sounds like a at the beginning like you can go maybe? take take your girlfriend out to a nice seafood dinner and then <laughs> yeah bring her home you got a nice bottle of champagne waiting for and time and space is playing in the background with the sexy sax 
That's it came out pretty it. smooth. Sex is sex. The sex is sexy, man. That's yeah. the perfect word for it. Mm-hmm. Sexy sex. And that guy that uh, plays with you guys, what, what's his name? John Walker. He's good. He's Spe- good, yeah. yeah. Speaking of sexy, man, that bottle over there is looking pretty sexy. Can somebody bring the one-footed sure guy thing. that bottle of bourbon? <laughs> sure That's gotcha. Do you guys ever do any acoustic I'm versions of your songs? Up. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we play with acoustic. I just recently got an uh, acoustic guitar. Uh, I mean, a a pickup in my acoustic guitar and we've had practices that are like that and i kind of like that but, it's a but we didn't record we didn't record anything like that well, so what's a, what's a good uh song that would be a good acoustic song on a cicadas ep y'all I know where i'm going here record. yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know. I, do, so yeah. <laughs> I have a cajon in that closet <laughs> and matt happens to be a drummer and i have a acoustic right there now you know you have a martin <laughs> yep Oh, yeah. That's a nice Oliver. guitar. Yeah. That's a, that's oh, yeah. a, that's a, that really is. That was a new a new addition to the studio. So not to real recent. Not to put you guys under the gun or anything. What do you think? What do you think, Matt? We could do it. That sounds it's good. It's been a while since we played it, but yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, let's let's get set up for this. All right. We back. You recording? Yeah. I mean, we put. You, uh, you gotta tell us. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll edit. So we took Matt's uh, vocal mic. So Matt, I guess that's uh means you're not gonna sing, huh? I'll just be really loud. There you go. You'll hear him. <laughs> okay. Hear him. You, you got some some backup vocals. That mic's close yeah, enough. Yeah, that's that's close enough. Yeah. Should be fine. So what we're gonna hear? A singing drummer too, man. You well, you holding out on us, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mess around about it either. But uh we're gonna play this uh, old one called Roger Gones. All right. right. So this is one about your buddy from uh or your friend from high school, was it? Or? Yeah. Roger Gones. Okay. Roger Gones. Hold on. This is not on the new cicadas. This was the previous. Mm. This is All on right. the old one. I got three shots of whiskey, I got four cups of wine Got five shots of vodka in a gallon of shine Quarter wild turkey low, I'm feeling buck wild I'm gonna die, good lord, I'm gonna die Roger Gums, good old boy Shooting you out the front porch in his boxes in the morning Before he went to school, he raised all kinds of hell no miss that some bitches will Driving wrecks through the valley with a magnum in his hand Got 35 gallons of shine just burning up the land Teacher said he got potential police took him by the hand. Then he died, good lord, then he died. Roger Gones, good old boy. Shoot you off the front porch in his boxes in the morning. Before he went to school and he raised all kinds of hell. You know I miss this some bitch just will. Thank you. 
know I miss that some bitches will. Some bitches will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, man. That was, awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. That was so good. So, yeah, we. Uh, that was killer. We're peeking out quite a bit. We we don't know what that'll sound like, but. <laughs> who, who cares? <laughs> it that was, was awesome. Get the vibe. Get the vibe. <laughs> that was awesome. No sound checks. <laughs> no sound checks. Just start playing. Y'all sung just a little bit louder than you talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that one for sure. It was so good. <laughs> so, how old is that song? Uh, that's about a year old, a uh, year too old. Oh, it's older than that. Cause that was that on the uh, Lost in the Moss. We had another song, and uh, our bass player at the time was offended by that other song, so <laughs> oh, we swapped yeah. swapped it out with Roger Gums last minute. Cause I never heard it until like. The day we got to the studio, we're like, we're gonna play this song. Oh wow, that's dang! You got yeah. a good memory, dude. I forgot about. <laughs> so that. So the yeah. bass player was offended by a song. We're gonna have to hear about that. Well, it was called uh, "Don't Go to Mexico." Oh, okay. And it wasn't all about like how Mexico was bad. I I don't know why he took it that way. It actually was kind of like a cool like mystique way about Mexico because my friend was gonna move there. And I was trying to convince him not to. I want to stay. I wanted him to stay around. We were playing music together and stuff like that. So I made up a song of this like crazy scenario that happened when somebody went down to Mexico, <laughs> um, and how you shouldn't get, like you just shouldn't go down there. Yeah. Then he like asked us to not do it. So I guess we switched out with Roger Gones. Really? No, so did that song ever? Uh, did it disappear? Don't go. It exists. It's it's in a MP3 format, but I haven't heard it in years. And you all haven't yeah. played it in years. Mm-mm. No, uh, no, we haven't played it's, it. It's kind of faded, yeah, but maybe, <gasps> maybe it'll come back someday. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always always for a comeback. It yeah. definitely will, because actually I, I remember going back and writing like extra verses on all of that. Sometimes like I'll like keep a chorus mm-hmm. to a song from years back. But I realized that the verses were just meaningless or something like that, mm-hmm. like I, or just wasn't what I was trying to say. So I would just rewrite the verse. Yeah. That happened with a lot of stuff, including this song called Hat and a Gun. I want to show you it again, Matt. I don't know if you remember it, but there's a song called Hat and a Gun that's going to maybe make an appearance after many years of not playing it. So it sounds like you write a lot. I'd say I write, I write quite a bit. It's but a daily thing? It's just whenever it comes, honestly. Hit you hard and write like crazy, and then, man, I th- there's something with that though. Keeping, keeping those songs around, because I've even if it's a phrase, like oh, th- this phrase was so cool. I wrote this really cool part of a terrible song, but I'm gonna take this really cool part and make something else out of it. There's something to that writing uh, songs based on you know you're going one way, but you have this verse that you love or that chorus that's killer, and then like you said, the rest of it's meaningless or just doesn't stand on its own. Where something to that though, coming back, yeah. revisiting stuff, and continuing to do that. I don't know what the rest of the "Don't Go to Mexico" song was, but generally when you go back and write something, especially after the bass player was like, ah, I don't know, it kind of comes a, a little bit offensive. You probably went back and changed some of the tone of the song to make it unoffensive did you well what it was kind of first saying during the verses and i don't remember if i left this part in or not but it was like i went down here my translator got kidnapped the first day 
and like some girl tried to talk to me I didn't know what to say something like that to where basically somebody's in Mexico and all their luck's running out and I think what I did another thing about yeah I left it in there I left that first part in there your luck's running out and then I added another part to it to where the little jazzy lick and groove just keeps continuing and then it was it was talking about how she spoke a little English enough to fall in love mm. on the dance floor keep enough there's tough mm. and then like it's blue and lit, red lights flashing because like there's a story a backstory with her that comes out in the song in some way and then yeah and it's like blue and li- red lights flashing in the night you know it's like they're caught mm. they're wrapped up in some crazy cartel thing you know that's what I added to it it was like I just basically had an unfinished story yeah and kind of, and, and also in finishing the story made it because I, I, I get what you're, where you're coming from. We're like, man, it wasn't that offensive. It wasn't offensive in any way, but it softens the story to be like, Mexico's not bad. I fell in love with this senorita. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I would hate that to be the only reason why no. someone would like Mexico. <laughs> but yeah, you got to find the positivity. Well, yeah, you just you got it's, it's uh, Nashville. I mean, I got a song called Nashville, and it's all about going down to Nashville and and not really being a country country folk but we're going to pretend for the weekend just like everybody that goes to nash vegas and you know goes to and the second verse the end of it was you know because now if you listen to country music there is so much hip-hop influence in it as far as the back beats and all that stuff and electronic beats and and the the last verse was or the second verse was something like i get out of my car and all i hear is hip-hop beats and but country bars or something like that and it sounded offensive to me, and I, because I love hip hop, I love pop music, I love anything with, that drives with the beat. I love it all, and it even it sounded to me like, man, that could come off wrong. So I ended up writing a third verse about how things change, but it's wonderful, and who gives a shit? Uh, let's go to Nashville, it's awesome. But it was all based on that one line that didn't sit well with m- me. Going, that sounds so negative, and it's not. Mm-hmm. So, did that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, you need a little extra extra clarification, I guess you could say. There you go. On it sometimes. Um, but, I mean, it's funny you say about Nashville because it's like I was just listening to the song, The Grand Ole Opera Ain't So Grand Anymore. <laughs> and he might come off a little, like, I don't know, rude, whatever you want to call it, but it was Hank Williams third. you know, he's just talking about how all the stuff that's going to produce out of Nashville is like not country anymore and they're mm-hmm. making it seem like it is with the Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. So I can feel somebody's expression for that. I can attest to that being, or I can see how people would uh, feel that way about yeah. Nashville. That's why I well, Especially the, him, considering his lineage in Nashville. It is so rooted in and down from the, the beginning of real country, country music with his grandfather and then his his dad um, but he's actually really just some punk kid to all the yeah. people in nashville now <laughs> they think he's the biggest <laughs> punk they just made a bunch of money off his granddaddy yeah and then they're just all their those people's kids or whatever are just you know putting whatever out mm-hmm. as if it doesn't matter we need like chet atkins people back in there you mm-hmm. know even though it was like a little overproduced with all the, the country stuff they did like that's more what Nashville is, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I know things evolve. You know, they do. You got to let yourself evolve as much as possible. Yeah, 
Well, speaking of evolving, first song was off uh, the old record. Yeah, I'm just wondering if we can do a cicadas acoustic. We ready to do I'll, some cicadas? Play on New Year's Day. 
I just sit here and do this all night. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got all the time in the world. <laughs> so people want to uh, want to start following Blind Feline, what do they need to do? Go on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, follow us on Spotify. Bandcamp. Bandcamp, too. Um, we're about to have a website up. Mm-hmm. We'll have that, and we'll keep you connected on social media. I would always. imagine blindfeline.com is available. <laughs> Maybe. I think, I, you know, I don't know. I have to talk to my tech guy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's one coming off the new record. So, you know, you can pre-order that, too, and uh, Bandcamp and all that stuff. This is coming out the 17th, correct? Correct. So on the 11th, your all new album cicadas will be available everywhere, I imagine. Yeah, Spotify, yeah, Spotify, Bandcamp, YouTube, right? I guess. Yeah, on YouTube Maybe. too. Okay. Yeah, I think everything. Whenever you guys are promoting Blind Feline, or you have anything from a show or anything like that, make sure you uh, tag Top Hill Recording Podcast. Please do that for sure. Well, then, yeah, yeah. We might have to show up. So and we'd just, like to uh, keep up with you. And, uh, <laughs> for sure. Show up at a at a show. <laughs> hey, we've had a great time talking to you guys and. Uh, Appreciate you being here, and it's great to be here. Yeah, you got thank two you for new, uh, two new blind feline fans. Big tell time, you. big time. Yeah, Appreciate enjoy your so. music. Thank you, guys. All right, Top Hill listeners, see you guys next week. See ya.